Welcome to The Coin Club, a podcast brought to you by The Seven House Coins, Currency, Bullion, where we discuss everything related to numismatics. I'm glad to have you along with me for my journey and excited to share with you the very best of numismatics. Hello, my numismatic friends, and welcome to the second episode of the Coin Club Podcast. I really want to thank you for your support that has gotten me to this point, and your continued comments and suggestions are always welcome. I sent the first episode out as a pre-release to some close friends, and the overall feedback was great. Well, for a beginner, anyways. I had to teach myself how to do all this from scratch. Record, edit, publish... So your patience through all of this has been greatly appreciated. In this episode, we'll dive into some recent happenings in our world of numismatics, a review of the Blue Whitman Lincoln scent folders and albums, what my 2021 plans are for coin collecting, what's Tony drinking, what were you thinking, and a quick armchair quarterback review of the delays in shipping over the past holiday season with the United States Postal Service. I wanted to talk about this a little before we got too far away from the holiday. And with that, let's get on with the show. On February 16th, the announcement was made that the June 2021 Baltimore Whitman Expo was being canceled. The state of Maryland, along with the city of Baltimore, continue to take the COVID-19 pandemic seriously and are looking out for the best interests of all of its guests. The show's management recently said that we can expect to see a mega bourse floor this year with the November Expo. For those of you who are new to collecting, when you hear the term bourse floor, it is referring to the actual floor on where the coin dealer is set up and you get to mesmerizingly walk around and stare at the things you want to buy and a lot of things you cannot afford. You're thinking to yourself, this guy needs some more up-to-date news, right? Well, the Baltimore Whitman Show is a must for me every year, and I felt that I needed to at least mention it a little bit. I really miss it and wanted to talk a little bit about what makes it so special for me. I make a day out of it and get there early to eat at one of my favorite breakfast spots, the Corner Bakery, which is right down the street. I take the nice stroll from the Corner Bakery past the USS Constellation, which sets so gallantly in the Baltimore Harbor for all to see. It is the last sail-only ship built by the United States Navy. It was finished in 1855 and was used for many different things over her lifetime. She served in the Mediterranean Squadron, the African Squadron, and then back to the Mediterranean to patrol for Confederate vessels during the Civil War. It served as a training ship for the U.S. Navy upon return to the United States, and then in 1878 it hauled exhibits from the U.S. to Paris, for the Universal Exposition, and later food to Ireland during the famine. After admiring this gorgeous ship, I walk through the front doors of the Baltimore Convention Center and go straight to the registration booths. Some of my Quinn Club friends man the registration table. They get a sneak peek and tell me some of the must-sees when I go in. I buy a couple raffle tickets and then hit the board's floor for a few hours. Having built up a hunger, I walk across the street for lunch and have a beer or two. Surprise, surprise. This usually greases up the old wallet, and I end up buying most of my wares in the afternoon. I walk back over for the rest of the afternoon and then drive home after about another four or five hours on the floor. It's a really nice time, and the show is enormous. For me, half the fun of attending these shows is to be able to interact with the dealers and gain a little more knowledge than what I walked in the front door with. 
I also gawk at things I can't afford and mark more things down on my wish list than I could ever dream of owning. I usually do pick up a few things to add to my collection as well. Although I was sad to hear that the June show was canceled, I understand why and, and I am anxiously looking forward to the one in November. The United States Mint has released on February 19th the final three-coin set in the America the Beautiful Quarters program. It features three reverse designs honoring the Tuskegee Airmen, two uncirculated quarters, one from Philly and one from the Denver Mint, and one proof quarter from San Francisco graced this set. The United States Mint website describes them as follows. Their reverses depict the Tuskegee Airmen pilots suiting up to join the fight during World War II with the Mountain Field Control Tower in the background. The pilot looks upward with pride and confidence as two P-51 Mustangs pass overhead. The inscription, They Fought Two Wars, is arced across the top as a reference to the dual battles the Tuskegee Airmen fought, fascism abroad, and racial discrimination at home. Additional inscriptions are Tuskegee Airmen, Alabama, 2021, and E Pluribus Unum. The offering price on this set is $11.50, a very fitting tribute that was released during Black History Month. While you're there, check out their section called Inside the Mint. It offers you an inside look at their mission, which is connecting America through coins. There is a lot of worthwhile reading there. Crossing the pond to my friends over in Paris, La Monnaie de Paris has some exciting new offers. I was very fortunate to be able to make a very quick stop to their gift shop the last time I was over there. I hope to take their tour the next time I'm over. They currently have a line of Smurf coinage, 13 series from 2020 that they are still offering. These are a great gift for your young numismatists collection. They also offer similar items to the United States Mint. They have a yearly birth set for boys and girls. The Little Prince Coinage, a character which is based off a 1943 poetic and philosophical tale first published in the United States and then later in France. It's celebrating the 75th anniversary of the French publication in 1946. Along the lines of celebrating 75th anniversaries, the, the introduction of the 2 Euro 75th anniversary of the creation of UNICEF. It comes in proof quality and the obverse of the coin depicts the earth as a puzzle two children's hands holding the globe, an olive branch on the left side, and a nod to the anniversary with the 75 ons in the middle. The Paris Mint will donate two euros from every sale to the organization. UNICEF, for those who are not aware, is the United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund. They provide humanitarian and developmental aid to children around the world. As coin collectors, this is something we can purchase that will give a little bit of hope to children around the world who are in need. The Laurel coin featured this year in a series that runs from 2020 to 2022 features the beauty of the nature of France. The Laurel is synonymous with eternity, a symbol of glory and victory. It graces the obverse of the coin in a fantastic grandeur. The Laurel leaf sits prominently in the center held up by two branches of a Laurel tree. The mint has placed a beaded design on the outline of the coin in a flashback to the old elegance that graced so many French coins from the past. The last coin I mentioned from Paris Mint is the 2021 Year of the Buffalo Coin. In paying homage to the Chinese astrology, the 2021 coin features a buffalo on the obverse center of the coin, surrounded by traditional Chinese motifs. The reverse depicts the Chinese zodiac animals next to temple doors. They are being issued in a 20 euro high relief silver coin 
a quarter ounce gold coin, and 10 euro silver coin. A quick fact about the Paris Mint, it was founded in 864. Yes, that's correct. Not 1864, but 864. It is the oldest enterprise in the world and France's longest standing institution. Paris is a truly mesmerizing city, and if you plan on visiting, mark down the mint as a must-see. Grab yourself a nice baguette sandwich and a bottle of rosé wine and sit in the gardens of the Louvre and enjoy the scenery and people watching. You won't want to miss it. The 2021 Cody Award winners are in. The program recognizes ingenuity and coin design from mints all over the world. The winners in each category are as follows. The best bimetallic coin goes to the Australian Mint's 25 euro bimetallic coin, labeled Artificial Intelligence, which was composed of silver and niobium. The best contemporary event coin went to the United States Mint's $1 5-ounce silver coin, the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. The best crown coin goes to La Monnaie de Paris with their $10 euro silver, gilt and rhodium coin, Paris, Treasures, City of Lights, Eiffel Tower. The best circulating coin goes to the German Mint's $2 euro bimetallic 30th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. The best gold coin goes to China Gold Coin Incorporation's 100 yuan coin, gold art of the Chinese calligraphy. The best silver coin goes to the United States Mint, their $1 5-ounce silver coin, 50th anniversary of the moon landing. The Most Artistic Coin Award goes to La Monnaie de Paris for their $10 euro silver coin, Fall of the Berlin Wall. The Most Historically Significant Coin goes to the Australian Mint for its 100 euro gold coin, Magic of Gold, the gold of Mesopotamia. The Most Innovative Coin goes to the Numicolex $20 coin, Cook Islands, Silver Meteorites, Chickalub Crater. Sorry about that, I probably butchered that last name, but... And last but certainly not least, the British Mint took home honors for the most inspirational coin with their 50 pence silver innovation in science, Stephen Hawking coin. And now, on to the review. The little blue folders that most of us so fondly remember when we were children are still around today. They are made by the Whitman Publishing Company and are reasonably priced at around $5 brand new. I count seven available on their website that deal with Lincoln Sense directly. They also offer a few made by H.E. Harris, but in this review, we're sticking with the Whitman version. These iconic blue folders are what most of us have used in the day to put our pocket change in when we were children. Our dad or grandparents may have bought us one in hopes that we would become hooked on the hobby. Some of us may still buy them today for whatever reason. Whitman offers four versions that span the gamut of the Lincoln Cent. Version 1 goes from 1909 to 1940. This section can be a little costly to complete, as the key dates are in this one. Version 2 is from 1949 to 1974, version 3 from 1975 to 2013, and version 4 is 2014 to present. Most of us will not live to see a version 5 of this book, but heck, that's the fun of collecting, trying to fill out a book and complete the set as best that we can. Future generations will find our Blue Whitman folders and either continue them or sell them off for ventures they may be interested in. They have two other books that are for the memorial sets only. They say Lincoln Memorial sets on the front and come in book one, 
which is 1959 to 1998, and Book 2, 1999 to 2008. The last book is a plain book for Lincoln Sense. You write down your years and add them in as you see fit. The copper-colored text on these books really sets off the blue folder and is a fan favorite in my opinion. Black text is below each coin inside the book and includes the mintage numbers for that year and that mint. A little flap in the back is advertisement for the rest of the Whitman folders and also included a quick little history on the coins you find in that folder. The holes in the folder have what Whitman describes as a special lock-in folder and they strongly suggest that you wear gloves when pushing your coins into place. It's a best practice in the community and saves headaches and disappointments down the road. The Whitman Lincoln Scent album comes in the same iconic blue color, however these have gold lettering on the front. In my opinion, the gold sets off the blue and gives it a very nice look. The first album goes from 1909 to 1995, and the second from 1996 to present. It is a very sturdy album with removable pages. The inside cover gives you a history of the coin, and the pages allow you to pull out a plastic partition, set the coin in its lovely spot, and then push the plastic partition back over, securing it in its setting for your viewing enjoyment, protected in its nest with the rest of your Lincoln Scents. The dates and mints are listed below each coin, and the mintages appear on the back cover. The Whitman albums are my favorite, to be honest. The colors appeal to me more so than the other albums offered from other dealers. They are very sturdy and have the look of quality. Both are highly recommended. So 2020 put a kibosh in the plans of many coin collectors, and 2021 appears to be running the same. It moved a lot of people to purchasing coins online and has also created a shortage, so to speak, on supply and a huge increase in online demand. I've been purchasing some silver bullion from time to time online and a handful of coins online as well. My online purchases have increased, I will say that. In 2021, my goal is to attend the November Whitman Show. I want to continue my Susan B. Anthony Dower collection as I bought a Dansko album a long time ago and have never gotten around to putting any of my Susan B.'s in it. I think I need the varieties for that album, but I know I have the rest of them. I also need a 1999 Proof 70 PCGS graded coin to complete my slabbed Susan B. Proof collection. My main goal for 2021 was to start this podcast, and I've done it, so now my time will be spent on improving this experience for you, and what little time I have left, I'll try to work on that Susie B. collection. What's Tony drinking tonight? Well, surprise, surprise. I'm still enjoying my yingling. We affectionately refer to it around here as lingling. You really should hunt some down if you haven't had it yet. Trust me, you'll like it. Make sure your yingling is ice cold, friends. That's the only way to drink it. Remember to drink responsibly, don't drink and drive, and only over the age of 21. All right, everyone, on to my favorite part of the show. What the heck were you thinking? One night, I was at my local coin club meeting. We always have an auction every night on top of our usually scheduled agenda items. We get an auction sheet that lists what will be available for sale. It usually comes out a week or two before the meeting. I generally look it over and find out what I'm going to bid on. Come meeting night, when everyone puts the physical items up on the bid sheet, I go up and check them out, along with the rest of the members. This night, I was running behind, late getting there because I left work late, and I just ran in the door as the meeting started. I wasn't able to check out the items before the meeting started. No problem. There's a brief five-minute intermission between our regular business and the start of the auction, so I'll check it all out then. 
I got up during the intermission, checked out some of the items I wanted to bid on, and sat back down at my table with my coin club friend, Ken. A couple of the items I wanted came around, and I ended up getting a few of them. I was pretty happy. I was scanning the auction sheet, waiting for my next item to appear, and there it was. I forgot to look at the 1895 Morgan dollar that was priced extremely low. I forget what the actual price was, but it was well under $100. I was pretty new to the bidding scene, so I thought this was a good deal, and who cares if I didn't check it out? Very nice resale opportunity for me. So I bid on it without checking it out. The seller said it was in XF condition, and I should be good to go. Why not? Right? Everyone describes what they're selling as it should be. Well, I got it. First bid at the opening price. Nobody else bid against me. I won the auction. I was so happy. I couldn't believe I got it. They brought it over to my table, and I placed it very gently in my bag and went on with the evening. I didn't inspect it at that moment either because I was more caught up in the moment than anything else. The next day I took out my loop and inspected the coin as I should have done before the auction. Right there on the obverse, running through the bottom cheek and the whole way to the bottom of the coin were two initials scratched into the coin. My heart sank. I had what I thought was a nice money maker, and it turns out to be a zero. A nothing, a tank, a burner, a pit. What the heck was I thinking? I'm an honest person, so I didn't try to dispute it. I didn't read the label. I didn't look at the grade. I didn't judge it for myself. What I did do was get on my favorite coin website and ask the people, what should I do? How can I overcome this? The first thing they told me was this was a costly lesson that I've learned, although it could have been worse. I learned that although it is now considered a details or damaged coin, that I can still sell it and break even or make a couple bucks as the very in-demand years will garner interest from collectors to fill holes in their albums with much lesser quality coins for those high-dollar key-date years. In the end, I didn't lose money on it. I actually made a couple bucks, but it could have been much worse. Study the coin, inspect it before you buy it, and don't take a chance unless you're sure. It could turn out to be a very costly lesson in the world of collecting. I was very fortunate that this lesson didn't cost me an arm and a leg. Please share with me your what were you thinking moments. I would love to have them on the show and share your stories with our listeners. I know you have some, so send them my way. Let's end the show tonight with a quick little section about the shipping woes that happened this past holiday season with the United States Postal Service. Leading up to the 2020 election, some coin dealers and customers started to see a big increase in the amount of times it took to ship and receive their coins. We all can agree that there were many things working against the post office during this time. Government interference was referenced by many people. COVID-19, a huge increase in the number of packages, and the list goes on. I purchased a brick of notes from an antique dealer in California. There were some pretty cool World War II British military coupons. I couldn't wait to get them in my hand. It took a month to get them here from California. Coast to coast, an entire month. Not optimal at all. In the beginning, I was pretty frustrated, but in the end, what are you going to do? We all need to have some patience in regards to these delays. One single person is not responsible for them, and the person delivering that package surely isn't either. Having some compassion. In the end, we do have one of the best postal systems in the world. Now, don't laugh, and here I'll tell you why. I'll give you a little story of my own. I recently sent a package to a new, young, numismatic friend in Belgium. 
It was on the plane headed over there in less than a week, and it took what seemed to be a two- to three-week tour of Belgium as I was witness to these updates from the USPS. They were still able to track the package as it was outside of the country. I asked my friend if this was normal, and they said it was. Belgium Post takes its good old time, and everyone is used to it. I just want to say a huge thank you to the USPS and the overall good job that they do year-round in spite of all their challenges that they face. They work hard and are out in all kinds of weather making sure that your pack of 101 ounce silver bars are rushing towards your stack as fast as they can get it there. And sometimes it takes the grand tour of the closest five states to you, but hey, that's life. Well, friends, we have come to the end of the second episode of the Coin Club podcast. Once again, I would like to thank you for listening to the podcast. I really enjoy sharing with you and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Coin Club Podcast. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Coin Club Podcast. I had a great time with you and look forward to sharing with you on the next episode. If you like what you've heard, please consider supporting me on Patreon at the Coin Club Podcast. Please follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook at the Seven House Coins Currency Bullion and also on Instagram at the same name. You can also go to my website, sevenhousecb.com, and give me some feedback on this episode or some suggestions on what you would like to see in future episodes. As always, I'm grateful to all of you for your support and look forward to seeing you the next time on the Coin Club Podcast.